Colby, wait till your Iona fellas find out that you wish you had gone to the University of North Carolina. Just wait till they find that out. I'm in love with Carolina basketball. I, I, <laughs> I can't help it. Next on the College Rugby Wrap-Up Men's and Women's Coverage, CRAA Heavyweight Battles, NCR All-Americans Announced, and College Players in Major League Rugby. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pump, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this week's College Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City and Josh Recio in California. While the other two guys prep for their segments, that is Zach Lanning and Colby Marshall, of course. Josh, bring us up to speed on all things CRAA. That is the D1A stuff. Tell us all about it, including that Army versus Life Clash. Well, Matt, you were you were close. Not actually in California. I'm in an, in an airport. I think I'm in Dallas at this point. Uh Gotta love Texas, but I'm on my way back. I'm going to be back there for you guys next week. So don't you worry. Josh on the road is not going to be a forever thing. Um, I know we want to talk about this life army game, but before we get there, there was a ton of rugby to go through. So uh, we'll put that one off to the end. First, let's kind of like cover some of the other games. One big game for the other service academy. Navy was able to beat Mount St. Mary's 64 to 15. They're getting ready for those playoffs as well, you know, just like every other team that played in the fall. So um, they're, they're still going to be exciting to watch. Hopefully they have a few more games before the playoffs actually hit. Santa Clara was able to get a one-point victory, 26-25 to 25 over San Diego State. You know, early struggles in the season may be a thing of the past. Paul Keeler must have done some good things for Santa Clara as now, you know, they seem to be putting some quality performances, and that's another win under their belt. Another big game to cover, one of my favorite college rugby rivalries that we get to watch here in the United States. BYU was able to beat Utah 57 to five. Doesn't matter the score line, I gotta tell you, this, this environment for this game is always the best. If you ever have the chance to watch a BYU versus Utah rugby match, you gotta make it out there and do it. So quality game, BYU seems to be really preparing themselves for a rematch for St. Mary's, which we can kind of get into in a little bit. But first, let's start talking about these major games that we're starting to see on the schedule. First, let's start with Lindenwood. Lindenwood, defensive team, 73-point differential, goes into Arkansas State and does what they've been doing this entire spring, plays great defense and walks out of there with a quality win. 17-5 over Arkansas State. And I got to tell you, Lindenwood right now, I know we have Army, I know we have Cal, I know we have St. Mary's. Lindenwood is my favorite team to watch. They are playing the most quality rugby. They're not putting up these crazy score lines like Cal, but they are playing quality rugby and they're doing what it takes to be a championship team. So they've got some tough games ahead. They have a big matchup for life on March 23rd, but right now Lindenwood is doing everything it takes to make sure that they're going to be competitive come the playoffs later this spring. Next big game I wanna cover, St. Mary's in Central Washington. St. Mary's has been falling into some deficits early on in their games uh, the past couple of weeks, and this was no different. Down 27 to 8 to a really good Central Washington team that has been, you know, kind of putting up good fights against some of the top teams in the country right now. You know, Carl Keane, we can we can we can tee him up for uh, you know trying to get his team uh, some resiliency. 
St. Mary's did it again, coming back from 27, from down 27 to eight and to win 30 to 27. St. Mary's is keeping themselves there at the number two team. We may see them slide a little bit based on some other action that happened this week, but you, you got to say that St. Mary's has been doing what it takes to win. And when it matters, they are able to come back from whatever score it seems at this point and to get the win done. Next game, let's talk about the other major California team. We got Cal versus UCLA. I know, look, I, I may be eating my words, but I, I had this game circled for a long time. I was really hoping that this was going to be um, maybe an opportunity for UCLA to pull off the upset. It wasn't that. 54 to 21, the win for Cal. Cal is still really kind of rolling along and is, is proving to be a really tough team to beat. Um, Nick Bloom had a hat trick with three tries. Still kudos to UCLA. I mean, you take a look at games so far that Cal has had this year and how easy it is for them to put 60-plus points on a team. UCLA, solid performance. I think um, I think what's really been proving, and I think where you're going to see, like, Lindenwood can have the advantages that maybe some other teams don't, is that you have to play the best defense of your life in order to have a chance versus Cal right now. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's only a select few teams right now in the country that are probably going to be able to do it. One of those teams, though, that we may be able to say is uh, going to be having the possibility to play solid defense against Cal and maybe get a win is Army. Now, Army had to play two games this week before they uh, before we go into the, the big game. Let's talk about their first game. So Army was able to win 34 to 12 over Queens University. Really solid win for Army, who is kind of, you know, again, another fall schedule team trying to kind of keep themselves warm as they get into the playoffs, especially for Army, who can be considered, you know, the top two, one of the top two teams in the country. They got to take on Life, who also played a game before this game. Life was able to beat Davenport 40-7. to So we got two teams able to get some wins under their belt before the big game, but, you know, the big game itself did not disappoint. Talking about Army, 14 to 10 win over life, a really good life team. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me that we have a college rugby season where life is the one coming on to the wrong side of these score lines right now. They've been really close in these games, um, but army 10 and one with their only loss to Dartmouth so far, they, they have a resume that is better than pretty much any other country, any other team in the country. Um, they were able to pull off another win. Now having life has a win under their belt. Um, I will, I will mention that, that army has beaten Lindenwood. So, you know, we, I may be on the Lindenwood bag bandwagon, but, uh, you know, we, we have to, we can't forget about army as they are probably another team that carries that really high defensive energy. And is a team that can probably stop St. Mary's or Cal from being able to put up this crazy scoreline super quick. All right, good stuff. And what a result, huh? Some of us saw that and some of us didn't, but we got to take a quick break and we'll be back with Zach and Colby after this. Looking for your next vehicle? With Shee's Easy Search, choose from over 3,000 new and used vehicles. Shop, trade, or buy online or in store. We make it easy with our award-winning service. It's easy at Shee. Shee.com. Hey, we're back. Colby Marshall, Zach Lanning, and Matt McCarthy. And Colby, we're back with Zach to tell us about the female side of things in rugby on the collegiate rugby landscape. Zach? Take it away. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's uh, it was a quiet weekend on the women's side of the game. The only really notable scores coming from BYU, who took on UCLA this weekend, shutting them out 64 to nothing. And then they also took on, for good measure, UCSD, University of California, San Diego, and shut them out 80 to nothing uh, all in the same weekend. So, so that's 140 a to zero in two games. 
Yeah, BYU has had a hell of a spring, a uh, bit of a package deal for them. Uh, it's, that's tough to do and not let up a single point across two matches, you know, over two days. So uh, kudos to them. Um, they'll participate, you know, look for them to participate in the really last meaningful clash ahead of the USA Nationals, the CRA playoffs this spring. They're going to take on Central Washington University on March 26th. Uh, so that's definitely a game for everybody to circle on their calendars. Both teams kind of in that second tier of the D1 elite uh, under Life and Lindenwood. So that's a huge matchup to kind of find out where, you know, that second tier shakes out ahead of the playoffs here. BYU, as I mentioned, had a, had a really busy spring, a really strong spring, playing a lot of matches, winning every single one of them, letting up barely any points, if any. Uh, Central Washington has taken a different tact. They've only played, you know, a couple of games. They're going to end up having only played Seattle Rugby Club twice uh, and then one Canadian team, University of Lethbridge, before this BYU clash. So we'll see which, which you know, strategy, I guess, plays off. Well, you know, if they keep vanquishing their opponents, they're not going to be in that tier too long. Right, yeah. So they're already in that D1 elite segment. You know, they're up in the top echelon, but it, they lost again in the fall to both Life and Lindenwood. So they have not been able to crack that truly top tier of the top tier programs. But we'll see. You know, they've had a very impressive spring. Maybe they've been able to put a run together here uh, at the end to topple one of those, you know, the, the giants. So you mean the elite of the elite kind of. So it's not like necessarily second tier. Right. I, yeah, I guess second tier wouldn't be the right thing. I mean, like, yeah, just the, you know, Fire. life would have had such a stranglehold as they, you know, do in, in every division in rugby, really, it seems, in the college level. So, yeah, well, you're fired. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Fired. All right. But not until we're done with covering rugby for the rest of our lives, you're not fired. So continue. <laughs> right. So uh, speaking of those life in Lindenwood and the D1 elite playoffs, Life, it appears uh, those games have come up on their online calendar. They're, they're populated here, uh, those playoffs in April. So they will be competing uh, in those playoffs, it seems, again. So despite, you know, I thought maybe because they had taken part in some of the NCR competition in the fall, uh, that they were not going to be able to compete for that playoff. But the second place team from last year, Life Running Eagles, will be competing. Um, but speaking of that time in the NCR, Life uh, Running Eagles were part of the announcement of the NCR All-American teams from the fall uh, that they were released recently here. They had four players named in the D1 uh, NCR women's All-American all team here. Uh, Amaya Moala, Nina Mason, uh, Nikki Nguyen, and Hannah Bockelman, all named to that starting side who did, uh, in fact, win the NCR championship in the fall, although it was necessary, it was a JV side for for life uh, that was competing in that one yeah and the team that they beat in that ncr championship last year uni also well represented with three players uh maggie rogers and sierra standerson edwards names that you would all probably recognize from our all-star sevens coverage uh you played you UNI. and me what you said you and me you and i oh you yeah we didn't play but um Oh, we're having fun now, ladies and gentlemen. Colby, love that one. Boy, we're here all weekend. This is great stuff. This is why the people keep coming back for this. This is what you it's all I. about. This is what it's all about. You and you, I. <laughs> you and you and I, University of Northern Iowa, 
had plenty of stars uh, in this one. But Marquette, I think Marquette is a team that we should mention here, fourth in the nation at the end of the fall. Haven't really talked about them much um, on this program, but they, I think, uh, because they were unfortunate to run up against life in the playoffs and the semifinals, but they also had three players named in this All-American uh, roster as well. So a program probably to look out for ahead of the next fall season, uh, maybe to see if they can continue that dominance, make some noise in the playoffs next year as well. Uh, but on the small college side, just to mention quickly in, in passing here, Wayne State dominated the small college All-American team with five players named, uh, including Izzy Robinson, who you'll remember from our coverage of the Sevens as well, who dominated on, on all facets Stiller. of the game. Yeah, MVP of, of the 15s championship, uh, great player in the Sevens tournament as well. Um, and then just a couple other names, Sofia Nieves from Middlebury and Gabby Dispenza from St. Bonaventure, uh, two players who played really well in that all-star tournament who are also now all Americans. Anything else, uh, Zach? Cause we got to take a quick break. No, that was it. Just uh, excited to talk about it later on the men's NCR all-stars as well. The all Americans, the cliffhanger as we go into this break and come back with Colby Marshall talking MLR and college stuff again. And of course that NCR all American press release. We'll be right back after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back. Colby Marshall, Zach Lanning, Matt McCarthy. Colby, we got uh, your segment, the recurring segment, and a good one where you talk about college stars faring in the MLR. What do you got for us today on the Major League Rugby front? Yeah, guys, on the Major League Rugby front, uh, first and foremost, it was an action-packed weekend in the MLR, uh, but I do have a few noteworthy mentions in regards to a few college standouts and young guys uh, making their debut over this past weekend. You know, if we look at the Rugby HCL Houston Sabercat matchup, the 2021 number two overall pick, Emmanuel Albert, finally made his MLR debut in that game in Houston's narrow loss to Rugby ATL. Pretty much played the entire second half. You know, you saw Houston have a little trouble with their scrum early on in that second half. So they had to bring on uh, the likes of an Emmanuel Albert uh, to help out in that regard. Um, you know, wow, he didn't even go to Iona and you're, 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 to you're, you're tooting his horn. <laughs> he is a guy that Zach and I did talk about a whole lot during the draft. So uh, we were, I'm sure we were both looking forward to seeing him in his first game. So I'm glad that we got to see a little bit of him in that second half. Uh, hopefully we get to see more of him this season for sure. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. He's been on, he's heck been on of an the athlete. show. Great, great guy. And uh, he was dinged up. He, is, he was coming back from an injury that he picked up. So good to see him back in action, get his feet wet. Continue. For sure. Yeah. And speaking of top two picks in the game between the LA Giltinis and the Austin Gilgronis, we finally saw Connor Mooneyham get loose. Guy scored two tries, uh, the wing out of life university uh, in Austin's 22 to nine victory over the LA Giltinis. Austin continues to run rampant and the MLR they're five and zero with the biggest point differential in the league. And Connor Mooneyham is a player that's going to have a lot of success this year. I think at the wing, like he did last year. Yeah. All he's got to do is follow that back line up and down the pitch and he's going to get one opportunity after the next. It's an amazing, amazing back line with that very strong engine room. So he's just going to be, pouncing on opportunities all, 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 all game long, all season long. You know, for Dallas and their lopsided defeat against the Utah Warriors, 69 to 22, one of the positives they can take from that game was that four guys made their debut starts for the Jackals in that game, one of which was Alejandro Torres, who was drafted in the second round of the 2021 MLR draft. 
Additionally, Eric Naposki, who returned from injury, played fairly well in this game, and that's got to be a promising sign for the Jackals moving forward. Yeah, it's always tough to pinpoint positives when you get crushed 69-22, but there were some, and again, this is a, a franchise in its first season, finding its feet, and look at the Gogronis. The Gogronis were almost out of the league when they were the Austin Elite, and then the Austin Herd, and now look at them. 5-0 and on the top of the table. Yeah, and just on the other side of that uh, matchup as well, on the Utah Warriors side, you saw a debut. Colson Warner, uh, the fly half out of Lindenwood, who was drafted by the uh, Rugby ATL, by the Rattlers, actually made his Warriors debut and scored a try. Uh, you know, he wasn't unique or alone in scoring tries against Dallas on that day, but another uh, college talent making his uh, Warriors debut and making it a count. Excellent. And, you know, Colby, we're not going to bring up the fact that your boy Connor Buckley got his first loss as a starter. Uh, we'd, segment's we'd be, not we'd over. Be frauds. We'd be frauds <laughs> if we didn't bring segment, it up. Segment is not over, Matt. Segment is not over. We still right. got time. We still All got time. All right. Okay. Colby, go ahead. Yeah, and the NOLA Gold's first win of the year for them, their 25-24 to 24 victory over the Seattle Seawolves. It was nice to see Aaron Matthews uh, on the bench for the NOLA Gold. You know, he's been battling an injury of late, and – don't forget, he was drafted by Seattle two years ago, but is now a member of the NOLA Gold after they picked him up in the offseason. He's a guy that I think is going to be a huge, huge part of their back line this year once he gets back up to speed. So it was nice to see him on the bench for them in that game. And anything else, Colby? Yeah, while he's not somebody that was drafted recently, uh, Augustus Bume he uh, is a 24-year-old front row player from Chile. He made his MLR debut in Seattle starting lineup in this game as well. So the correlation is that he probably went to college someplace. Well, correct. Not in America, <laughs> but I think in Chile he was at. School. All right. Okay. Global, global university rugby college guys and the MLR is what will expand this segment to be good. We like it. Good stuff. And it shows that you're, you're doing your homework, Colby. Good stuff. Any, any final thoughts you want to get back to? Well, yeah, I, I got to mention, you know, Connor Buckley, he, you know, he did, I, I kind of want to see him play the whole game. Uh, it's kind of annoying that he keeps getting taken out, at, you know, for early a guy in the with second half. Caps for the All Blacks. <laughs> Granted, Andy Ellis, Andy Ellis should be in the team. He should get his minutes. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Not taking anything away from Andy Ellis, but I would love to see Connor Buckley get uh, a little bit more run as the starter. I mean, he is, you know, starting after all. So I, I would like to see him get a deeper run into the second half at the least before we see Andy Ellis. All right. Well, your, your Gale is showing. All right. And on that note, we got to take another quick break, but we'll be back with NCR men's All-American news and our final thoughts. Don't go away. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. back 
Jacket. Guys, the uh, NCR, National Collegiate Rugby All-American men's side came out as well. And we've got D1, we've got D1AA, D2, and small college. So we've got four brackets of very good players. Let's start with D1, Zach. Yeah, just some thoughts for me. Sean McNulty, the fly hat from Army, made the cut uh, along with his teammate Matt Meehan. I thought for sure Michael Amberg, uh, the wing, played at Army, had a great season in the fall, would have made the cut. But he uh, didn't get on the list, but, you know, plenty of other – uh, talented army players you can see why they were so good yeah colby yeah zach's right i mean a lot of talented guys on this list you look at mike weir uh the dartmouth fly half uh brian stella from penn state and uh, of course cam de Giorgio of course for myona well deserved <laughs> uh should be up on the top of a lot of mlr boards come come time for the 2022 mlr draft in my opinion so well deserved for cam de Giorgio. I got to go to the front row. I got to go to Hooker, and I got to go to a guy named Connor Robinson out of Boston College who logged a ton of minutes this season. Excellent player, and you got to like these front row guys. Got to give them some credit sometimes. D1AA, Zach? Yeah, for me, the name is Khalil Lynch from Nazareth College. Uh, Nazareth, their first year in this kind of this division, D1AA, and they were great. They were very strong. Khalil Lynch in that back line for Nazareth was a huge part of that. Uh, so, you know, he was uh, definitely also another name to watch for the MLR draft, possibly uh, dynamic runner, dynamic player all around. And Nazareth, a team to watch going forward for sure. Colby. Yeah, I got to mention Ethan Berry, the back player from yeah. UConn. Uh, I got the chance to talk to Ethan after UConn demolished Buffalo uh, in front of our eyes. And a uh, <laughs> great kid, very hardworking player. He was playing through a lot of injuries uh, in the game against Buffalo and still, you know, had a great game. I think he might have been man of the match. For a lot of people. So Ethan Berry stands out to me on that list. I'll give you Ethan Berry, but I got to point that you brought up Buffalo. I'm bringing up two University of Buffalo players, John Esplund Jr. at prop, who is had a great year. But also my man, Matt Conforti, is not on this list. This is fixed. This is fixed. You hear me, NCR? This is fixed and BS. But Danny McKillop, the player coach out of Virginia Tech, number eight, unbelievable guy. He deserves this and more. Zach, what about your D2 guys? Yeah, for me, again, it has to be Mark Carney for the fly hat from Georgetown. Uh, Got to keep shouting his name out for him, his play, uh, his, his family, who his name kept getting confused at the All-Star Tournament. But he, you know, played really great uh, in that tournament, played, had a great season at Georgetown at fly half. It's a key position, you know, for, for the game in, in this country to keep developing. We need to start developing fly half talent. Uh, and, and he has it in spades. I think he's going to be a name to watch for sure. He's a junior this year, so he's got another season uh, in, in college. So definitely uh, going to watch him next season. Colby? Yeah, a couple of guys from Thomas Moore stood out to me. Matias Haramudi, the fly half, and Domas Caceres, uh, the number eight player for them. You know, Alejandro Torres is in the MLR, and he played at Thomas Moore University. So I'm sure a lot of MLR uh, a lot of MLR scouts are going to have their eyes on these two players as well. Additionally, Luke Teixeira from UNC Chapel Hill. I just want to say if I knew that UNC Chapel Hill had a rugby team, I would have went to UNC Chapel Hill to play rugby. I mean, wow. I, I, that's that's my dream school. You'd, be, you'd, dream be, school. you'd look awfully silly wearing that shirt that you're wearing today. Then. <laughs> it, I, it wouldn't matter because I'd be wearing Carolina blue, sky blue. So. All right, Carolina I, I, blue, sky blue. I, I'm going to stay with – I'm going to go with a guy that didn't get a lot of press, but Chad Tiernan out of Bucknell, the number eight, a junior. Watch for him next season unless he signs a contract with the MLR and skips his senior year of eligibility. Let's go over to Zach's small college setup. 
Uh, just like uh, Colby, you can kind of predict where he's going to pick uh, when it comes to the D1 side with the Gales. I have to have to mention the Jacks, the two Jacks uh, from Holy Cross who made the, the list here. Jack Swords at prop and also Jack Tessier at prop as well. Uh, two really solid players for the Crusaders this year. Uh, it's great to see Holy Cross getting recognized like this in the NCR. Um, you know, they've had some struggles as a program to, to build back up, but it seems like they're on the right track here. And I, I think that, you know, great things are on the horizon for them. Can I pick a University of Buffalo guy here in this division as well, despite the fact that they weren't in it? I don't think we can allow that, Colby. <laughs> I, don't right. think, I, don't, I don't think that would make uh, any it doesn't, sense. It doesn't hurt yeah. to ask. All right, Colby, how about you? Yeah, Milan Van Wick from New Mexico Tech stands out to me. The fly half, we talked about him a ton. Additionally, Killian Burns from Wayne State. Uh, what a great name for a wing, in my opinion. Killian Burns. I just wanted to point that out. Ice in his veins. He had that kick uh, into the wind to seal it for the Pacific Coast Grizzlies in that one matchup. It was, That's it was right. Crazy, crazy kick in that, that unbelievable wind down in Houston. I'm going to go with one of those lunch pail guys, a front row guy, uh, Trevor Olickney out of the Oregon State, Oregon Institute of Technology. Oregon Institute of Technology. I'm just going to keep saying it over and over again. Oregon Institute of Technology, and he was technical and good in that front row. Way to go, Trevor. Kobe, final thoughts? Yeah, honestly curious to see what New York does uh, at the scrum half position moving forward. We kind of have seen Andy Ellis come on late in games for them uh, recently, and, and so I'm wondering if, Maybe Marty Ville will ever consider starting Andy Ellis, you know, putting his best foot forward in the beginning of games and bringing on the likes of a Connor Buckley or McManus, wait, wait, who, you, just you know, has the younger God. legs, wait, the whoa, fresher whoa. legs to close Zach, games. It's I, just, am I losing just, my mind here? Or is he asking for Buckley to have 80 minutes? And now he's saying that he wants Ellis to start. If it were up to me, Connor would play the whole game. Connor Buckley would play the entire 80 minutes because I think he's the best scrum half on the team. But Obviously, not everybody thinks that way, so I'm just throwing another suggestion out there. All right. Okay. All right. All right. If it was up to Colby, Connor Buckley would be getting starting minutes for the All Blacks uh, at this point. Uh, he would have as many caps as Andy Ellis uh, did for am New I, Zealand. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Am I, am I crazy for thinking he's the best scrum half on the spot? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. If you weren't an Iona Gale, would you be saying this? He passes the eye test. <laughs> He passes the eye test. Oh, the eye test, ladies and gentlemen. The Iona eye test. He does everything. What the, okay. what can't he do? He's a better box kicker than McManus. He can't play the piano. He's got more pace than He cannot than play the piano, and he can't dunk a basketball. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Two things. Okay, you're up now, Zach. Give us some reason, please. Uh, <laughs> too much for me. Just uh, an excitement on, on my Aside from uh, I was looking into when the WPL season, the Women's Premier League season kicks off, that is coming in early April. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, you know, you're seeing some of those teams playing, I guess you could say, quote unquote, preseason matches against some of the better college sides. Uh, as I mentioned last week, you know, the, like the Harlequins in Atlanta playing life, um, but their official season is going to be starting early April. Um, and that is kind of the pathway we're going to see a lot of the players who are standing out at the at the college level on the women's side of the game, continue their, you know, professional rugby development. So uh, looking forward to that season kicking off. All right. My final thought is I want the powers that be in college rugby to get back into a room and huddle and fix the, fix the, 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 the sea of acronyms that we have and the sea of tournaments and the, the different national championships that we have. We have, again, now fans are faced with 
choosing or maybe going not going to one or the other but we have two sevens championships coming up in the next couple of months and we should have one and i i wish they would get back into a room and not come out of it again until they have everything solidified so it makes it easier on fans to follow college rugby and it gives the college rugby players a bigger thing to play for instead of having these splintered groups on that note i want to thank Josh Recio, Mr. Zach Landing, and Mr. Colby Marshall. I'm Matt McCarthy. Thank you for tuning in. And please check out our other segments, including our Major League Rugby Highlights and Opinion Show with Dan Power and Brian Ray and a mystery guest this week. And check out TRO, The Rugby Odds, with John Bradshaw, Lakefield, Gipte, Bailu, and Nate Osborne. And please sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please, please, please join our Rugby Wrap-Up American Red Cross Blood Donor Team.